what are we discussing on today's podcast? Do the Arizona Dimebacks need to sweep the Cincinnati Reds previewing their next series? And then what has been working for the D-backs during this recent surge of winning and success that they're finally seeing once again? Discussing all that on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Bunches. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB, the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24. .myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. But now let's get into the podcast and let's do a little preview for the D-backs next series against the Cincinnati Reds because it is a gigantic, ginormous, whatever adjective you want to use to describe to describe big and pressurized because the D-backs have a very important series coming up against the Cincinnati Reds, one that will definitely impact the rest of the season and particularly the NL wildcard race. And the question I have to ask the audience is, do the D-backs need to sweep the Reds? Not just take, because it's a four-game series, not just split the series, not just take three out of four, but do the D-backs actually need to sweep this series with the Reds because as it currently stands, the D-backs are 66 and 61 and the Reds are 66 and 61. So these two teams are tied for the same record as it currently stands. So do the D-backs need to sweep the Reds this series? My answer to that question, it's a little bit of a fence-sitter answer, but it's yes and it's no. It's yes because so far this year, the D-backs have played one series against the Reds, and the D-backs are 0-3 against the Reds this season. They were swept earlier in the year. And so what does that mean? Well, guess what? In Major League Baseball now, with the third wild card spot, you know what we're done with? We're done with the game 163 tiebreaker game. And I have to be honest, I'm kind of happy. Some people probably like game 163 because they're like, more baseball. It's basically a, a preview teaser playoff game where you're getting to see a, a super huge important game right before the playoffs start. Basically a pseudo playoff game. I love game 163. Well, you know, personally, I'm the guy that's always like pro new rules, pro shortening the season, pro making the games quicker. So I was like, if you play 162 games and you still need 163rd to play that 
to break that tiebreaker for the playoffs, then guess what? 162 game schedule means nothing because I've heard Tim Kirchner say so many times, 162 games is the perfect amount of games you need to really get the sample size and the data points you need to know who are the best teams in the playoffs. Well, guess what? If after 162 games, we're still tied and we need game 163, um, maybe we need to shorten the season, but that's another tangent, another discussion for another day. So with the new rules, Third wild card spot, no longer playoff tiebreaker. So why is that important? Well, with the Reds already owing, uh, already owning a three and no record against the D-backs this season, and a four-game series coming up. If the D-backs don't sweep this series, there's no chance for the D-backs to win the playoff tiebreaker. So if you want a yes as to why the D-backs have to sweep this series, is because they won't own the tiebreaker over the Cincinnati Reds unless they sweep this series. Now, if you're going to play devil's advocate and say no, the D-backs don't have to sweep this series, I think it's because you're starting off with the fact that these two teams are coming in with the same record right now. So if the D-backs do just win this series and take three out of four against the Cincinnati Reds, they can't split. But if the D-backs at least win the series and take three out of four, they put themselves in the driver's seat to be ahead of the Cincinnati Reds in the standings for the rest of the season. Now, that means you cannot tie with them. At no point in the season can you really let up. You can't let the Cincinnati Reds catch up to you. Um, You don't have to probably sweep this series, but saying no means you have to at least win the series, take three out of four, and then have to really play well um, down the stretch. And I think when I look at this series against the Cincinnati Reds, one thing that the D-backs have to do offensively is get back to playing their brand of baseball, which is that chaotic style, that hectic nature of baseball. Because in the first series against the Cincinnati Reds, you know how many steals the D-backs as a team had? Zero. They had zero stolen bases in three games of Cincinnati Reds. 11 runs in three games total. I think the identity of this D-backs team is chaos and movement on the bases. And when you think this team had zero steals in three games, it's insane. We've seen games where Corbin Carroll has stolen like three bases in a game, right? We've seen games where the D-backs as a team has stolen like double-digit bags in a game, right? The fact over a three-game span, this D-backs offense had Zero steals. I think that's really impressive, actually, by the Reds pitching staff and their catcher situation to not allow any runners to steal a base. But this D-backs team has to get more chaotic on the bases because when they do, I think that's when this offense really takes off. And then on the other side for the D-backs, when you look at their pitching staff, it needs to be better because the pitchers in the last series was not good. It was a combination. Their offense was not scoring runs. They were not doing what they usually do. And their pitchers also also struggled in that series. D-backs pitchers in that series allowed a 290 average, 890 OPS, six home runs allowed in three games, a 713 ERA and a 1.5 whip. They just looked really bad in that series and coming up in this four-game series, there will be no Zach Allen. There will not be your potential favorite Cy Young Award winner Zach Gallon in that upcoming series. So you're going to need your other pitchers to step up. At least in game one, you're going to have a great tone setter and a Merrill Kelly who is continued to be one of the most underrated, underappreciated pitchers in all of baseball against the Cincinnati Reds in his career. Merrill Kelly has been pretty solid. Eight earned runs, over 24 innings pitch in his career against the Reds. So I expect good Merrill Kelly in game one. And then also we might see Zach Davies slotted in this series as well, has come back from injury. I still want to see the D-backs do the opener strategy with a Zach Davies. We'll see if they do, but I think we could expect Zach Davies back in this series. 
And then if you're looking at the Reds, um, if you look at the Reds as a team, of course, I just talked about what the D-backs could do. But the Reds have struggled in the second half of the uh, struggled in the second half of the season. We know how much the D-backs have struggled in the second half. The D-backs have 14 wins in the second half. Well, the Reds only have 15 wins. 15 wins in the second half. The Reds are 15 and 20 post All-Star break. So both of these teams have been struggling, and both of these teams want to make the postseason, but. They haven't played the brand of baseball that they need to in the second half of the season to do that. The D-backs have finally started to do it in the last 12 games of the year, but it seems like the Reds are hitting a little bit more of a wall recently because they've really struggled in the month of August. They were still good in the month of July. I think they had a winning record in the month of July, but in the month of August, this Reds team has really struggled, and if you look at their offense in the second half, it has really struggled in the second half, and specifically the catalyst for that offense, Ella De La Cruz, has really struggled in the second half because because I think just a fun thing they could look at for this series um, is the matchup Corm Carroll versus Ella De La Cruz. The two runner-up to Rookie of the Year are going to battle and duke it out. And both of those guys have been struggling in the second half. I think both those guys were the catalyst for their offenses in the first half. And it's no surprise to see both of their team's offenses have struggled in the second half with those two players individually struggling as well. Because in the first 30 games of his career, Ella De La Cruz, 325 average, 887 OPS, but in his last 34 games, a 187 average, a 639 OPS. Corbin Carroll has also struggled in the second half of the season. So I want to see which of those two runner-ups, well, not two runner-ups, the two guys who are going to finish first and second in Rookie of the Year voting. I want to see how those who duke it out and battle it out uh, in this series because Corbin Carroll definitely has it locked up, but this is the time for Ella De La Cruz to really cement himself as that locked-in number two Rookie of the Year uh, finalist uh, for this award coming up. And if you just want to look at some other series uh, around Major League Baseball that's going to affect this NL wildcard race, some series that you need to keep your eye on and hope for some teams to lose. The Chicago Cubs against the Pirates. We're rooting for the Pirates in that series. These are all series that are happening next for these teams. Uh, the Marlins versus Nats will be rooting for the Nationals. Phillies versus Cardinals will be rooting for the Cardinals. And the Giants versus Braves will be rooting for the Braves. But look at all those series. Only the Giants have a tough series against the Braves, who are arguably the best team in baseball. But Cubs versus Pirates, Marlins versus Nats, Phillies versus Cards. It's another reason why the D-backs have to win the series against the Cincinnati Reds because the other teams the NL wildcard race kind of have easy opponents and could really cement themselves at least over the next week in this NL wildcard race. Now I want to discuss what has been working for the D-backs during this recent surge of success and wins that they're finally starting to see once again. But before we get into that, I first need to talk to you guys about bunches because listen, locked on Dimeback fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. Click the link in the show notes description to join the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other locked on sports fans. Bunches is the free app where sports fans chat. Locked on MLB group chat is on Bunches. Go there now and connect with other baseball fans, chat with your favorite team, or chat with other people about your favorite team, and keep up with the latest MLB news. I don't think you could chat directly with a social admin on the uh, with the D-backs on the Bunches app. But I never know. Maybe maybe the D-backs social admin is on there. Maybe you can chat with them. Maybe Derek Hall or Mike Hazen is on Bunches. You won't know until you download the app. So download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches 
Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. Don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. And now let's discuss what has been working for the D-backs during this recent stretch that they're seeing where they're finally starting to put wins back in the win column in the standing sheet. And they're finally starting to just look like the D-backs once again because... From, what, June 13th to basically August 11th, a clean two-month stretch, the D-backs were quite literally the worst team in Major League Baseball during those two months, June 13th to August 11th. You could go look it up. The D-backs record was absolutely atrocious during that time. Up there with the Oakland A's, the Washington Nationals, like the D-backs were a really bad team during that stretch. But all of a sudden, their last 12 games, the D-backs look like they're back not just the D-backs, the answer backs look like they're back because we've seen them against the San Diego Padres make some comebacks and against the Texas Rangers in extra innings make some comebacks too. Like this D-backs team in the first half of the season, like we've talked about as not like we've talked about at nauseum, one of the best teams in Major League Baseball at making those comebacks late in games. We have not seen it from June 11th to August 11th, basically, but over the last 12 games, it seems like not just the D-backs, but the answer backs are back. So let's discuss what's been going on with the D-backs and why it seems like this team is playing quality baseball once again. And I have three reasons written down here. There's a whole bunch of reasons, but I'm talking about three big topics here as to why it seems like the D-backs are starting to play good baseball once again. The first reason is the D-backs' best players are playing like their best players. And I think going forward, what Tori Lovello needs to do is play your best players. It's a novel concept sometimes for managers. We see it all the time. Um, if you play like fantasy sports, you're always like, why is this guy not on the field? He's way better than that backup. As D-backs fans, how many times do we have lineup suggestions for Tori Lovello when we're like, why are you sitting Corbin Carroll when he's hot? Or it's like, why Jace Peterson in the lineup for Tori Lovello? Just play your best players because if you had to rank the nine best D-backs players, because of course line, lineups have nine guys in them, if you had to rank the best nine D-backs players, I think in no particular order, it would go Corbin Carroll, Ketel Marte, Christian Walker, Lourdes Gurriel, Geraldo Perdomo, Tommy Pham, Gabriel Moreno, and then I think you would probably choose Alec Thomas over Evan Longoria because of his recent stretch of play with his offense and of course his incredible defense so I think you would say that's the top nine with a Longoria as an honorable mention in that top 10 and if you look at this recent stretch their last 12 games for the D-backs eight of those top nine guys I just mentioned outside of Keta Marte has been really good and has been carrying this D-backs offense and of course even though Marte hasn't been good the last 12 games for a while there, he was carrying this D-backs offense during that two-month stretch when they were really bad. And overall in the season, Marte's still really good. And even in the past week, even though he has not been good game to game, he still has had 
big moments that have led to D-backs wins, like that ninth inning home run against the Texas Rangers in game one to send it into extra innings. He was bad the last 12 games, but he still had some huge moments for this D-backs team that have led directly to wins. So even with him struggling, he still has made some positive impacts. But you look at the rest of the guys I just mentioned when doing this ranking on the fly. You look at their last 12 games, Christian Walker in his last 12, a 356 average, 1175 OPS, five home runs. It feels like Christian Walker is hitting one to two home runs every single game. Alec Thomas, a 333 average, a 848 OPS in his last 12 games with, of course, incredible defensive plays. I mean, just go watch his defensive highlights in game two against the Texas Rangers. Just specifically look up the Marcus Simeon at-bats because we, of course, know about that last at-bat where that should have been a double in the gap, maybe a triple, maybe an inside the Parker with how well Simeon runs and where the ball could have creamed, but he also had a play earlier in that game where Marcus Simeon should have smoked a double, but instead... Alec Thomas took such a good angle that he was able to keep it to a long single. Like, he just does so many things. His tracking instincts are so good defensively. Like, it's honestly insane to think about with how young he is in Major League Baseball. Gabriel Moreno over his last 12. Gabriel, a 310 average, an 896 OPS. Instrumental offensive plays, it feels like, every game. And just the no Carson Kelly effect with him back in the lineup. Moreno has been phenomenal. Geraldo Perdomo. Jerry. As I just recently learned, he likes to be called Jerry. A 304 average, 892 OPS in his last 12 games, and of course came through in extra innings against the Texas Rangers. Tommy Pham last 12, 298 average, a 944 OPS. Of course, that walk-off hero in game one. The Carrolls and Guriels, they've been solid. They haven't really been great during this 12-game uh, stretch, but Carroll 293 average, Guriel 286 average. Both solid, not great options. But overall, when you lay it out like that, like, if you're Tori Lovello, how can you not just play your best players? Because your best players are the ones that are producing at the plate right now. And with 30-something games left, you cannot be messing around with these lineups. I don't care what righty or lefty is on the mound. Just play your best guys. When it comes to platoon splits, let's ride the hot hand. Of course, if someone is egregious where they're 1,000 batting average with a righty on the mound and the 110 batting average with a lefty on the mound, sure, you could sit them. But with all these guys over the last 12 games, all of them just producing well and kind of hot at the plate, I want them to stay in the lineup because a guy like Jace Peterson is just straight up hurting the D-backs. Like, what does he provide for the D-backs offensively, defensively, base running? Like, he's a fine base runner. That's probably his biggest attribute. But it's not like the D-backs are devoid of base runners. He's probably the D-backs, like, seventh or eighth best base runner. So it's like, what does he really do? And why is he ever batting seventh? Like, we saw in that game two against the Texas Rangers, like, he had a situation with the bases loaded. There was like one out on the board, and he did absolutely nothing in that game. Jace Peterson just provides really nothing for this D-backs team. And a guy like Buddy Candy or the Manuel Rivera's of the world, like I like all those guys, but I prefer them on the bench. Like they're not better than their Geraldo Perdomos right now at a shortstop. Um, they're not better than uh, Evan Longoria right now at third base. So it's like I want to just play the best players. And Longoria, when I just named those top nine guys, like he's the only guy that you can convince me should be in that maybe top nine because I think of his experience and really what his ceiling was back in the day. Like I think Longoria is still a good player. Like 
he misses time because of injury. But seriously, whenever Longoria has been healthy and on the field, like he's been a clutch performer. He's been that righty power bat that the D-backs have needed. So I love Evan Longoria. And whenever the D-backs this season have used the method, the philosophy of playing their best players, it seems to have worked out every time. When you DFA'd Carson Kelly because he wasn't good and you put in Gabriel Moreno, fantastic move. Moreno takes off. Carson Kelly, bye-bye. You cut Madison Bumgarner. Guess what? That was really helpful for this D-backs rotation. You send down McCarthy. You play Thomas and Fam a little bit more. That was really good, too. I know it's an insane, novel concept at times to play your best players, but for Tori Lovello, I think he needs to do that down the stretch. Stop getting crazy with this with these platoon splits stop putting the jace petersons of the world in the lineup and just play your best guys now i want to talk a little bit more about what's been really working for the d-backs during this recent um recent hot streak that they're on right now but before we get into that i want to talk to you guys about the sleeper app because the fantasy football season is right around the corner and guess And best believe I've been on the sleeper app every day because my dynasty football league is on the sleeper app. So right now I'm dropping guys who I don't want to keep on my roster. I'm sending out trade proposals and sleeper is great for that. It archives all my players year to year. So if you're looking for the perfect dynasty or regular fantasy platform, sleeper is the way to go. It's not just great for fantasy sports. It's also great for daily fantasy because if you think Corbin Carroll is going to hit a home run tonight, You better go on Sleeper and place that bet because Sleeper can pay up to 100 times payout when you make your picks. And if you get your picks right, you can win big. So please go to Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You can get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Let's get back into the Lock on Dimebacks podcast, but don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the series XM app and search up Diamondbacks. Now let's get back into the podcast and let's wrap it up by just discussing a little bit more what has been really working for the D-backs during this recent stretch of just finally winning some games. And I think one other thing, because again, these are more bigger, broader points. I think the rotation is finally starting to make sense because... I love this opener strategy that the D-backs are doing it. And with Zach Davies coming back, I still want them to do it because you look at the McGuffs and you look at the Joe Mantiplies of the world. Like Those guys were so bad this season, late in games, high leverage moments. Like You did not, like if the D-backs were up one run in the seventh or eighth inning and you saw a Mantiply or a McGuff coming in, like you're like, this game has potential to be flipped on its head and I have potential to... End the night with a headache because, of course, the bullpen is going to blow it again. And there's nothing more frustrating than see your team dominate the other team for two-plus hours. And then one guy comes in, makes a bad pitch, and then all of a sudden, the game is flipped on its head. Those are never fun situations uh, to deal with, right? Joe Mansplied this season in high-leverage moments, a 440 average allowed and a 1056 OPS allowed. I don't know why, but... I guess a lot of people have expected a little regression to the mean for a Joe Mantiply, but I did not think it was going to be this bad this season, and he has just not been usable late in games. Scott McGuff, 
at times this season, he's put together stretches where he's looked really good for the D-backs. And even his numbers in high-leverage moments this year, a 224 average, a 667 OPS, is not even really that bad. So you'll definitely take those numbers. But with runners in scoring position, a 273 average allowed, you don't really like to see that if you're Scott McGuff. That's a little bit too high for my liking. And also, as a guy in save situations, he has a 4-4-4 ERA. I don't like that either. I think both of those guys have seemed just more comfortable coming in to start the game in those low-pressure environments. And then when I consider a guy like Zach Davies coming back off injury, might not have a lot of arm strength. If you're going against a lineup that's lefty-heavy, why not start Joe Mantiply and then put Zach Davies after him? Or if it's righty heavy, or at least the top of your lineup, if it's righty or lefty heavy, you decide McGuff or Mantiply, and then you put in Zach Davies right after that. And like I said on yesterday's podcast, Zach Davies struggles in the first inning. So maybe starting him off in the second inning against the middle of the order, against your 5, 6, 7, maybe your 6, 7, 8, um, can work out a little bit more for Davies. And also, I love the Bryce Jarvis's and the Chachinis, um, what we've seen from them since they've been since they got him called up over their last 12 games, 17.1 innings pitch, five earned runs for those two guys combined. So if I could still get my McGuff or Mantiply combined with Zach Davies, then like that fifth day in the rotation, you just combine both the Bryce Jarvis and a Slade. Like seems like Slade could go four or five innings and then Bryce Jarvis could give you another two or three. And then that's like eight innings of your, of your day right there. And then see wall close out the ninth. So I would love to see, more Bryce Jarvis and Slade Ciccini teaming up because, like I said yesterday, I don't think either of those guys are full-time starters, but I like them both as long relievers, spot starters for this D-backs team. I don't love a Zach Davies, but if he's paired with an opener, I think I like him a little bit more. Then you look at the rest of the D-backs rotation during the stretch. Zach Allen, over these 12 games, he has 18.1 innings pitch, two earned runs, 22 strikeouts. Like Zach Allen, I said all season, I haven't felt like it's been a Cy Young season for Zach Gallon. That's because during the, like, the middle part of the season, if you look at like his game log, it would be like five earned runs, one earned run, two earned runs, and like four, three, four. It's like I want that Zach Allen where it's like five straight starts. He's given up two earned runs or less, or maybe it's five straight starts, and he hasn't given up any earned runs like he did last season. But over this stretch with the D-backs winning his last three starts, Zach Gallon looks locked in once again. I mean, we just saw him in his most recent start. Half of those Ks came in his most recent start. So I think Zach Gallon, I mean, he's been the favorite for the Cy Young Award like all season. I think he's starting to lock in that award right now with the way he's doing down the stretch, especially if it pushes the D-backs into the postseason. A guy like Brendan Fott over this little stretch, three earned runs over his last 12.2 innings pitch with 13 strikeouts. Brendan Fott is someone that has struggled a lot this season. But he's starting to show why he was such a highly touted prospect and the best pitching prospect in the D-backs organization. And then Merrill Kelly hasn't been shut down during the stretch, but of course continues to be one of the most underrated pitchers in Major League Baseball and continues to be a steady Eddie. So I love what the D-backs have done with this rotation. And I think the opener strategy has started to crystallize what this rotation should be and I think it's the best strategy and philosophy that the D-backs have for the rest of the season. And then the final Big topic that I think has led to the D-backs' recent success is the bullpen finally has an identity. Maybe narrative is better than topic. Um, but I think the D-backs finally have a bullpen identity. Kyle Nelson in the seventh, Kevin Ginkle in the eighth, and then Paul Seawall to close. That's the strongest one, two, three I think the, that I think the D-backs are going to get right now. 
And if you're searching for a big strikeout in a moment, I don't love a Miguel Castro, but he can still strike out, guys. You're probably leaning more toward Justin Martinez right now. If you're just looking for a guy to get you a big strikeout in a moment, you're probably leaning Justin Martinez. But those are your two guys to get those big strikeouts for you right now. Paul Seawall during this recent stretch, seven innings pitch, six saves. Can you believe that? In his last in the last 12 games, Seawald has seven innings pitched, six saves, seven strikeouts. You love to see it. Kyle Nelson. During the stretch, 4.2 innings pitch, zero earned runs. Both of those guys, zero earned runs during the stretch. So those two have been elite. Then Kevin Ginkle has been shut down during the stretch, but he's still super trustworthy. He's been arguably the most trustworthy reliever all single season for the D-backs. And if Justin Martinez can figure out his command issues, he is the biggest wall card in this D-backs bullpen with his ability to throw 103. That definitely keeps hitters off balance. So, the big the, the the big three narrative adjustments I've seen from this D-backs team during their last 12 games is the best players start to perform, and if we want to see them continue to perform, play your best players, Toy Lovello. The rotation is finally starting to make sense. Continue with the opener strategy, and the bullpen finally has an identity. Always go with Nelson, Ginkle, Seawald as your 7th, 8th, and ninth, and that will give you a good chance to win D-backs baseball games. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. If you... Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. If you want to catch more D-backs pitches, download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. Uh, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage insight. We'll be talking with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres about who knows what. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, Yo, says.